Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Peter, thank you for joining us. As always, it's great to uh, it's great to have you on. I want to bring you on with something I'm guessing you may not have heard. As ridiculous as that Raiders game ended yesterday, have you heard it in Spanish on the Raiders Spanish radio network? This, I please have it. This I is want it. This is I want it. Harry Ruiz. And here you go. Profundos en el campo, solo presión de tres. Ramondre Stevenson con el acarreo. Y Stevenson sigue de pie. Avanza de la 45 a la 40, a la 35, a la 30. Lanza el pase hacia atrás con Jacoby Myers. Y los Patriotas ahora simplemente... Chandler Jones intercepta el pase. Chandler Jones se mantiene de pie. Chandler Jones se va, se va, se va. Hasta la cocina. Feliz Navidad, Peter. Listen, he sounds like he sounds like Andres Cantor, the Argentinian, uh, after you know the final penalty kick goal gave Argentina the win. Poor Andres Cantor, he's like weeping through his announcing in the last minute and a half of the biggest call of his life. That was. It's unbelievable, really. With the money that Amazon spent on Al Michaels, with the money that ESPN has given <laughs> Joe Buck, I think I fire both those guys and hire Harry Ruiz of the Raiders. Yeah, he's great. That was fantastic. Hey, how about this? How about this? Okay, so look, I'm I'm on. You know, I'm in I'm in Brooklyn, and I'm getting ready to to watch the football games. And but of course, I'm watching this thrilling World Cup game. And all of a sudden, I look at the clock. I said, "Okay, hey, it's like." Ten minutes before kickoff, they're still playing. I mean, what? what they, and then it, you know they were just in penalty kicks. Then I said, "Are they going to be done?" And so, literally four minutes before the Jets and Lions kicked off at the Meadowlands, Fox hand, or, you know, Fox uh, Soccer handed it to you know whoever was doing it. Oh, it was Ian Eagle and Charles Davis at the Meadowlands. I said. Man, it's a good thing that this thing got out on time. They they almost risked preempting some of the football. Peter, it's Jets yeah. and Lions. Where's your dignity? <laughs> I have none. But but hey, you know, Jets and Lions this year, it's like who would have thought Thursday night 
When we saw the NFL schedule at the beginning of the year, we were mocking Amazon because Amazon had, had paid double what Fox paid for it last year for the Thursday night games. And their big pennant race game on December 22, you know, week 16, huge week for football in the NFL, is two of the worst three teams in football, Jacksonville and, and the Jets. And now, this is going to sound lunatic. I think Jacksonville's running the table. And if they beat Tennessee in week 18, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be playing a home playoff game on January 14th. They're going to have to do that in London? That's how insane this is. Is that a home game in London for them? Yeah, I, I I bet I bet uh, the owner wishes it was a home game in London, but no. <laughs> um, since we're talking about just ridiculous endings, uh, it was yeah. pretty ridiculous for the Indianapolis Colts from halftime on, and Jeff Saturday is you know wearing as much egg on his face as humanly possible, considering thirty point leads had been one thousand five hundred forty eight one and one. In the history of football, what went wrong there? And is there any doubt that Jeff Saturday will be broadcasting from a studio in Bristol next year? Almost on that alone. I really don't. I mean, it's easy to sit here right now and say, well, that blew Saturday's chances. Guys, the coach of the Indianapolis Colts is Jimmy Ursay. And he is going to do what he wants to do. And I'm not saying that Saturday is in or out or whatever. I don't think... Uh, look, that that game made everybody look bad. You know, <clears throat> Matt Ryan in the last, uh, you know, midway through the third, beyond midway through the third quarter, in the worst Super Bowl loss ever and in the worst regular season game loss ever, has now been outscored by 70-3. to three. And so there's a lot of people with egg on their faces. And again, my biggest problem with Jeff Saturday the other day, and it's actually a huge problem. My biggest problem with Jeff Saturday is exactly what he did, um, you know, down the stretch with like, I don't know, minute and a half to go, whatever. He could have, uh, you know, he could have kicked a field goal to go up by 11, two and a half minutes to go, excuse me. Could have kicked a field goal to go up by 11. And instead, he went for the quarterback sneak with Matt Ryan, and he didn't make it. And then you say, well, wait a second. A 54-yard field goal isn't a gimme. And and that's what it would have been. I understand that. The kicker on his team, Chase McLaughlin, at that moment was 8 of 10 between 50 and 55 yards in the season. And he made 49 and 52-yard field goals in the winless dome on Saturday. And in both of those cases, the ball hit either the uh, the net behind the goalpost or the railing uh, behind the goalpost. And so clearly, a 54-yard field goal was not going to be the biggest stretch. Anyway, I'm just simply saying I'd question him more in strategy than I would as a blanket indictment for his team blowing a 33-point lead. Um, and yet, it might not, it probably wasn't like the worst moment uh, of the weekend. Um, I mean, it was in the team photo for sure, but 
know, there's the Jacoby Myers brain spasm. And then there's Tom Brady simply, uh, I don't know if the this is the right word to use, but I'll use it anyway, just collapsing in the third quarter against Cincinnati when they've got possessions five straight times and they end in turnovers. So I I actually don't know what the question is from there. Is is this the most bizarre weekend you've ever experienced? I was, Ray, I was actually thinking about that last night. And, you know, I think the biggest issue I have with what happened in that game, I, I would start it pretty much kind of before Brady. Okay, and because I think in many cases we can look at, um, you know, we can look at specific plays and say, okay, this is fully responsible for what happened, and this mistake is awful and all that other stuff. And there's no question that Brady played a gigantic hand in this loss. But I guess here's the thing that I will always wonder about. The Bucks are up 17 nothing. They get the ball to start the third quarter. They got fourth and one at their own 26. They're up by 17 points. Fourth and one. They fake a punt, which Gio Bernard does not know is coming. Okay? And it hits off Gio Bernard's helmet. Bengals recover in four plays, five plays later. Whatever it is, they kick a field goal and then go on and the route is on. The only thing I'm saying is I thought the game was very poorly coached and managed um, in the second half by Tampa. Both, how in the world are you the special teams coordinator, um, you know, for this team? Or, or how are you the head coach of that team and you okay that to happen? And clearly, even if you do okay it, uh, how does the up back, the personal protector, not know that the fake is on? I mean, that's, that's all, that's, I'm not saying it's a fireable offense. It's time to put whatever coach called that. And the the player who didn't know was coming, Gio Bernard, it's time to put them on double secret probation. I love Animal House references from Peter King on a Monday of, well, really, it's been a spectacular weekend of football and football. It basically, if football is associated yeah. with your sport, you had a hell of a weekend. Um, this whole crazy week 15 began all the way back on Thursday, which feels like ancient history at this point, Peter. But we saw Brock Purdy go and do what very few quarterbacks of any pedigree have done with the Niners, which is win in Seattle. And maybe that's a little bit on the, you know, the Seahawks going in the wrong direction at this time of the year as well. But we've seen nearly three full games now out of Brock. As you look at him, as you talk to your colleagues about him, you got a comp? You, you, you got a, an inkling of where this may go? Have you seen enough to think? This team might be the first football team that can honestly say with a third-string quarterback, they might not miss a beat. A better comp than Tom Brady, honestly, because it's silly to compare. I, right. you know, you, For a lot of different reasons it is. Sure. You know, honestly, a better comp. And again, it's almost silly to compare him to, to this player, too, is Kurt Warner. Because remember... When Kurt Warner took over the Rams, the year he took them over, whatever, 99, 2000, whatever year it was, 
you know, remember that that they were already down a couple quarterbacks, and they did not have a great alternative. Trent Green and, going down. Yeah, Trent, yeah, Trent Green going down in, in the hit from Rodney Harrison, um, I think, in the last preseason game. And what was interesting in that time, there was a lot of pressure on Dick Vermeil uh, and Mike Martz, the offensive coordinator at the time, to go get Jeff Hostetler, who was free. And Vermeil is the one who stuck up for um, for Kurt Warner and say, hey, this guy knows our offense. I feel really good about him. I've seen him in practice. Let's go with Warner. And a lot of people rolled their eyes and said, okay, Dick, you crazy old bat crap uncle. Uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens. But but And that's why this reminds me a little bit of Brock Purdy, because even after the Miami game, you know, even even you know after that game, even though it was thirty three seventeen, then Brock Purdy actually widened the you know significantly widened the lead. Um, you know, in that game, I, I mean, what I will always remember about that one is sitting with Kyle Shanahan after the game and him saying, "I think this guy's going to be okay." Now he has to think that. And he has to say that, and he has to project that image to his team. And I, so I understand exactly why he did that. So, you know, what has happened, you know, in the three games since, you know, it's crazy. He's averaged 30 points a game. And I don't, I mean, look, I know Mike Silver wrote the column about Brady, um, which was really an interesting column, I thought. Um, and and all that, and I was thinking the exact same thing. Could Brady actually play in December uh, at Levi's and then be back there as the quarterback the following September, you know, nine months later or ten months later? And now I say, <laughs> I mean, it just sounds crazy, the words to come out of your mouth. Why would anybody not want to give Brock Purdy a real chance? You know, and, you know, the interesting point, obviously, and there will be plenty of time to talk about this, is obviously how Kyle will handle the offseason and whether he'll open up the competition, Purdy versus um, Trey Lance, uh, you know, or whatever. I, I have no idea what he'll do. But he has actually made it so that right now, I, along with everybody else who does this for a living, I mean, I think one of the coolest matchups of this postseason, if you tell me right now that the 49ers are in good health approaching the final weekend in January, the game I want to see maybe even more than Buffalo, Kansas City, the game I want to see is Brock Purdy of the Eagles. I mean, how fun would that be? Because the Eagles would be facing this stone wall, you know, of a defense. But, hey, all you can do at this point is pray for good health. So you said Eagles before either Ray or I did, Peter. What do you make of the early returns here on a shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts? Whenever you hear something like that and... The first impulse by the team and by everybody who covers the team is to minimize it, is to downplay it. And look, you know, 
the the Philadelphia Eagles, as we sit here right now, have a three game lead on the Dallas Cowboys. They'd have to go zero and three. The Cowboys would have to go three and zero to lose this division, and most likely they'd have to go. Uh, you know, they 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 would have to go zero and three to lose home field. All right, so I. I'm concerned about it, but you know what I'm a little bit more concerned about? If he, if it's really kind of a significant injury and they're just not saying it, and then think about if, if, uh, if, if let's just say for the sake of argument, because this is gonna, this is gonna sound kind of impossible, but I mean, imagine if, he did not play another football game for five weeks because, you know, the divisional round of the playoffs is five weeks away. Yeah. So I I don't, that that's a little bit stale for me. So we're going to see, but I would anticipate that he would play some uh, the rest of the year, but I mean, I probably have said this six times on this show. Parcells, his favorite cliche, and he has a thousand of them, is they don't sell insurance for that stuff. We just don't know what's going to happen. Is there any value, um, uh, it, just specifically in the in the in terms of the Forty ers but in general for a team with a big big lead and sort of having their playoff fate already settled for the most part? in trying to do anything different between now and the end of the regular season, either in terms of offensive scheme or resting guys or trying to give guys, you know, multiple weeks off so they can get healthier? Or is football just a different cat that way? I think the only way I would really rest guys is if they definitely needed it. We've just seen too many examples of coaches who tried to tried to rest guys and it 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 went poorly you know tony dungy still to this day thinks that resting his team has nothing to do with some of the colts failures in the playoffs but you know what is he going to say and what's mike mccarthy going to say you know about the year that uh he rested aaron rodgers and if he had 19 days off before they played a playoff game and the Giants beat him 900 to nothing. And so, I, you know, I just think, I think it's just, too, honestly, I just think it's too risky. I, I And I've always thought it's too risky. Football's a rhythm game, and I think you have to stay in rhythm. Can you Can you just imagine if you're a basketball player, and you clinched everything, and your coach said, uh, we're taking the next three weeks off until the second round of the playoffs because we really don't need to play right now. I just I just don't think it's smart, that's all. So I don't know what you can do differently, but I'm sure that Kyle will measure everything uh, before he makes his final decision. Peter King here on Damon and Ratto. So... With all the spectacular games, with all of the historic comebacks, I want to actually ask you about a, a player who didn't play this week. Because I think something, maybe nothing is interesting other than an abundance of caution. But the Broncos 
apparently healthy scratched Russell Wilson. Is that just extra caution, or is there something more to it? No, I think it was extra caution. I don't think there's anything at all nefarious about it. I don't think it is uh, Nathaniel Hackett saying, uh, let's see if the backup can play better than Wilson. And honestly, Brett Rippon, even though he wasn't great, he still put up more points in a full game than Russell Wilson had this year. So just a weird, weird, coincidental coincidental <clears throat> series of events. The, the Broncos need in the last three weeks of the season, if they can, to try to get Russell Wilson back playing like Russell Wilson. And again, it doesn't make any sense at all to sit him now, at least in my opinion. And if I were Nathaniel Hackett, he absolutely would not be sitting. Because all you're doing if you're sitting him when he's definitely healthy enough to play is you're putting that bit of doubt not only in his mind, but in the mind of the fans. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't see anything funny about it at all, you know. Okay. Um, at this point, is there much difference for the 49ers, whether they finish second in the conference <clears throat> or third, given the fact that, you know, whoever they play, you know, is significantly worse than they are. And the difference between playing in a domed stadium in Minnesota at home in San Francisco how significant is that? Is there is there a huge advantage in them finishing second rather than third? I don't really think so. I mean, the only big advantage <clears throat> is knowing that, um, and this is an advantage, but lately in the NFL and the playoffs, home field has not been the great decider of anything, really. Um, but the only, the, the biggest thing is, you, you know, you'll play, uh, you play your first two games at home rather than play one at home and then likely the other one on the road. But I don't really think it's that big an advantage, Ray. I think it was maybe the Dan Lebitard show that released a clip of you talking about <laughs> smoking a doobie with the Doobie Brothers. And that immediately yeah. led me to think, if you had to put together like the top three draft picks of bands or artists that you could smoke a doobie with, what's your draft board look like? Take me into the smoking a doobie with war room of Peter King. Oh my God! I mean, look, I I, I have not smoked a doobie in what twenty years, probably. Come on out Which here! Which was we the last time anybody used well, the word no. doobie? We can take care of you, Peter. No. Yeah, you're right. Doobie is like. Doobie just is a is a term for people of a certain age of a certain certain age, but um, I, I guess because I am of a certain age, probably the first guy I would think of is Bono. I think I think that would kind of be fun, and maybe even the Edge. I, I, I think doing that with with you too. But first of all, just get in mind. Please, I'd rather have a Guinness with Bono. I, I, I'm, I'm just not a big, I'm not a big weed fan at all anymore. I just, I fell out of love with it, and and so I wouldn't voluntarily ever do that. But the night that I actually did that was really one of the weirdest 
things because I was a senior at Ohio University. I was actually the managing editor of the school paper uh, on campus at Ohio, and we basically, when concerts came to town, it you know you basically got to cover one uh, when you're a senior, and so and write the review. And so that year, I forget what other bands were there, but we had three or four top editors, and so we were the ones who were going to get to cover these concerts. And I saw the Doobie Brothers were coming, and I said, that's my band. I I, I really want to do that. And the concert was very uninspired. And afterwards, I was going to go back and say, man, you mailed it in tonight. But then you find yourself in a circle, uh, smoking pot with these guys, and... I don't know, the journalism kind of goes out the window, which means I think you probably shouldn't smoke pot with the subjects that you're going to be writing about a couple hours later. This but is, do you think you could have used dope rather than watch Ravens-Browns? <laughs> hey, can I, hey, Ray, can I just tell you this? I, uh, I texted Rich Eisen Sunday morning, and I said, basically, holy crap, did you get the short straw? You know, because he he had Browns, Ravens, and the NFL Network, other announcers, Noah Eagle, had this unbelievable Minnesota-Indianapolis game. And then Kevin Kugler had the night game. And then Rich Eisen. And look, if you had given me my choice of the three, well, look, I would have taken Buffalo and Minnesota for sure. But that Cleveland game was kind of cool because it's Deshaun Watson against the co-leaders of the division, arch-rivals, all that. So that probably was going to be fun, but that was one of the dog games of the year. And so I felt for Rich Eisen, but anyway. Do you think he's in trouble? At least least I'm glad I didn't have to watch much of him. Do you think Eisen's in trouble as a result of that assignment? Yes, yeah, I think he's going to get whacked tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if that happens... You are officially a warlock. That's, that's breaking news. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. definitely get trending if that does happen. Peter, thank yeah. you very, very much as as always. It was great to talk to you. Uh, happy holidays. It is wonderful to uh, have you as part of our family here. And let me tell you, this is going to be a hell of an ending for the 49ers, no matter how it ends. Um, it's really going to be fun. And listen, I'll wave to you because I'll be in Berkeley with my daughter and her family for Christmas. So I'll I'll wave to you guys. I mean, we could seriously run you over. Uh, we we can get you back on the doobies if you want. Is what I'm saying. No, no, no please don't. Please don't. <laughs> actually, have to hold me down for that. I'm probably one of the few people in America who wouldn't take weed for free. <laughs> well, whatever's left on your doorstep, you know, drop it over on Ray's. We'll take all of it. Yeah. Thank you very much. All You're right, the guys, man. Thank you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.